Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. What's up, gang? Avery here. When I was back in Toronto, I did a special edition Avery Sports Show with my guy, Sam Davis, at the Talk Shoe Studios in downtown Toronto. Hope you enjoy this podcast as we break down the Raptors Championship and the parade and just our overall joy about things. Woo! We are on. I'm doing well, brother. So I'm actually face to face with you. Yes, this is, this is different than Edmonton. I know. When you were in Edmonton. Yes. You know, you, you know, it's funny, Sam. You're one of the few people where you're one of the few people I meet in person. It being Toronto, like I really do my get Toronto guests in person. It's rare. It's it's always it, by the phone usually with it, Toronto guests. Well, you're not really here that often. It's a thing. And I'm assuming you came out because of what just took place here in Toronto. I did. Yes, that is very true. And. My lord, <laughs> what a what an amazing couple of days it's been here. Honestly, it's like the whole city is on a vibe right now. Don't you feel it? Right, I know. It is insane. And like uh, you were there yesterday. Yes, I was. We were texting a little bit, and just this. The, I've never seen so many people in my life. I've been to the exhibition. I've been to you know different festivals, music festivals, and stuff. What do they say? Like two and a half million people. Two and a half yeah. million. Like I honestly think, Sam, this parade was the largest one of any in the Big Four. Any, like, no other parade of any team has had over a million people at it. I don't think. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and you know, we can go into it a bit more about the players and how they reacted to everything. But yeah. like, the city of Toronto has been desperate. We've been even Canada as a country. We've been desperate for a champion, and you knew if it was anyone, if it was the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't think the Leafs so much. Obviously, the Leafs would have been huge for Toronto, but I right. think for Canada, it probably wouldn't have been as big a as big a scene if they won the Stanley Cup. I agree. Uh, we saw with TFC not too long ago. Yes, Obviously, that was a fantastic parade, and people really got behind that team when they won that championship. But mm-hmm. again, this is this is the Big Four, right? This is. The Toronto Raptors just won the biggest freaking trophy a Canadian team could win. And the crowd showed up, right? It was amazing. It was. And yeah, so what were your vibes? What, what did you think of yesterday? Well, I, you know, it's funny. I got in, I got in at um, about 5.45 a.m. And I, and I, where I live. You flew in at 5.45 got, Yeah, I got in at 5.45 to oh, the Red Eye flight. And then where wow. I live, I have to pass by this square to where I live. But if you let me stop by and see what's going on. And I walk around the square. I could not believe, I said in the intro, I could not believe people were there. It was already filling up at 5 in the morning. Like, what the heck? Oh, yeah. I mean, people sleep. Like, well, how? People, people camped out. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Like, in Nathanville Square, there were people there, I want to say, tops at like 7.30, 8.30 p.m. the night before. And me, I, honestly, I 
tried to plan out as much as I could because you know what? This is the first time in my life I'm going to a championship parade. I want to plan this out as much as I can. So I, I was one of those people. I woke up at 6 a.m. Yeah. I had a nice little mimosa at the champagne ready. <laughs> I'm not lying. I was ready to go. I'm ready to party. Had the mimosa, had the road beers ready to go. <laughs> and it was honestly like it was the biggest street party Toronto has seen. And I was ready for it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I wasn't missing a beat of it. And I got... You know, pretty close to Nathan Phillips Square. We can talk about kind of what happened at, at the mm-hmm. square afterwards, which yeah. was kind of scary. But other than, you know, gunshots, I think what Toronto was able to achieve with that many people, like we had no, like, Toronto police forces had no idea. The city had no idea how many people were going to show up. And I think for putting a parade together in three to four days, because they won on Thursday. Right. Right. Friday, okay, maybe you have like the public workers working, but no one's. You know, you're not going to have a massive amount of people coming in Saturday or Sunday to try to try and fix this up. Right? No, exactly. So, for what they were able to achieve, I think was fantastic, yeah. and it was it was a hell of a party. It was. You know, I think for most of the party, I was following the float with the players, and I was watch. I like I got real close to the float with the players, and Marcus Saul was going ham. <laughs> Marcus Saul <laughs> is probably the biggest hangover right now. Honestly, like what? Like what does this guy? Oh, I saw videos of chugging a bottle of wine. I saw that. First of all, his hands were so big. His hands were so big. Yes. That he made the bottle of wine just look like a regular like Budweiser bottle. Like it was that was impressive enough. But again, Marcus Saul, how old is he? Thirty four. Yeah, about that. Like one of the greatest European players we've ever seen play basketball. Finally gets his championship. This guy needs to this guy needs to party his ass off, man. Like, look at this guy. Honestly, uh, was it was so? Was he your favorite? Was he your favorite? Yeah, he was. Watching? It was because he was so animated, and it was funny. You could, you could tell Kawhi, someone who you could tell was a bit has always been reserved, quiet. You enjoyed himself too. You saw Kawhi. This is the most I've ever seen Kawhi talk in public. Kawhi's not gonna do shit. You, just, <laughs> you know that Kawhi. Like even I was I was watching some yeah. of the San Antonio parade just to see like inspiration of kind of like what was gonna go into this parade. You know Kawhi. This is this is this is his game, right? Yeah. You get no emotion. He's the cyborg of the Raptors. Like you know the fact that we got him referencing his laugh at the beginning of the season <laughs> is fantastic and the most colorful moment we'll ever have. I believe from him ever. I think so. And, but like, I was just going through social media and I, I, I'm going to put like my top three partiers, I think, of, uh, yes. of the Raptors. So Gasol is obviously one. Absolutely. That guy is hung over as, as like, I don't know. He's, he's, he's probably still in bed right he's now. He's still in bed. <laughs> I love watching Siakam. Mm-hmm. Siakam looked like he was a guy who was just, he was in the moment, he was yes. interacting with fans, you had so many spicy pee chants, and he was like, <laughs> he was having a beer. And then the third one, and this is just from a couple of interactions my friends had on the on the parade as well, mm-hmm. Norman Powell was having a time, man. Yes, like, Norman was. Powell was like chucking beers, he was throwing, like, you know, pouring beers on people. Like, <laughs> honestly, my friends thought like Norman Powell was having a time, and like, you know, those players, like Norman Powell and Pascal Siakam in particular, they're they're players that have kind of grown up in the system. Yes, they have. And they have seen, you know, us. Uh, did Norman Powell play the 905? I don't remember. I feel like he did. I want to say he did. So I know Siakam did. Yes. And the fact that they will have grown, like, I'm just going to go with, with Siakam here, from the 905 mm-hmm. on the bench of the Raptors to a starting role, probably going to win most improved player this year. 
honestly, just seeing that, <laughs> seeing that sort of progression yeah. in this city, like honestly, going from Mississauga to Toronto, yes, and seeing kind of what this country was able to provide after that championship must have been incredible. So it had to have been. It really had to have been. I'm just watching. You know, one thing with this parade was that, unlike you mentioned, Elise Parade. You know, I feel like Elise Parade. It would only unite a certain amount of the city or the country, like you mentioned. It would wrap to where I'm going with that. You saw people young, old. You saw black, East Asian, white, Latino. The whole city came out celebrating Raptors. There was no distinction between class, race, gender, what have you. Well, that was the thing. Even just when I was doing these these hoot talks parties at the rec room, like that. The fandom there, mm -hmm. obviously very different because we didn't see how far the Leafs went. The Leafs only went the first round. But again, right. you know, I'm not saying anything controversial here, but like hockey fans are usually mainly white. You're right though. White You're correct. Fans, right? You're not wrong. So like, they're usually kind of middle-aged. They're usually white. And that's kind of what the NHL, you know, the demographic is. Yeah. What I saw at these, these rec room things were, honestly, I had groups of families from different you could just honestly every pocket of the world you could just tell mm -hmm. there was just a you know different story kind of where these families had come from right and even just like i would do trivia questions that'd be like one of the things i do right and one of the questions i remember was like name the starting five from the 1998 team that first made the playoffs and i kid you not this 13 year old kid who was not alive during the 1998 the 98 season, yes. whatever, came up and like named them all off by heart so quick, right? <laughs> That's impressive. That's what I'm saying, like a 13-year-old kid. And then again, I like, I will go down a couple tables and I remember having this conversation with like this 70-year-old Filipino woman mm -hmm. who was telling me how, how much she loved watching Tracy McGrady in the late 90s. Wow. So like, just seeing the different age groups of people out there, yeah. different, again, races and and you know it wasn't mainly men it was all like you know females as well like it was ever honestly the entire country was getting behind this team it was and it was a very great visible visible representation of canada i feel it was and the reason why i think you also get behind this team is because there's no other canadian team in say in the nfl the blue jays are the only team in the mlb that's actually why there's one lone canadian team in this vast sea of america and that's why Canada rallied behind the Raptors compared to say how if the Leafs won, people in Edmonton would say, I don't give a crap, or people in BC wouldn't care. But the Raptors, it's the one team against America. But you could probably tell me this better. Like what was the what was the kind of vibe in Alberta mm -hmm. for the Raptors? Because I remember I worked when I worked in Alberta yeah. during the, the Blue Jays run when they went to the ALCS back in what was it twenty sixteen? Yeah. The vibe there, or twenty fifteen, sorry, the vibe was like when I talked to these people from Alberta, they were like it was amazing. Everyone was watching the Blue Jays. Everyone was getting behind this baseball team, which, yeah. which like, I'd love to hear more about like the Alberta scene for basketball, which is, I don't know, is it a big basketball province? You know, it's growing. It is growing. There are kids out there now at Edmonton and Calgary who are now getting behind. We're getting behind the Raptors now who want to be the next Pascal Siakam, who want to be the next Kyle Lowry. And I'll admit, it was a bit slow, but over the years, there have been exhibition games in Edmonton. We've had, you know, my first ever NBA game live was seeing Raptors play Vancouver in 99. And in that game, Master P played that game in Edmonton. Amazing. So, yeah. And, and that was my first taste of the NBA live. But yeah, but we had um, also, for those of you who don't know, I work for the Edmonton Stingers. I'm the web host in the CEBL. We had a party for game six at the arena where they play in, they play in an event hall called the Edmonton Expo Center. One of the halls is meant for them. They converted it into a basketball arena. 
it seats about 3,000 fans, and they had about 1,500 there to watch wow. on the screen. 1,500. Yep. That is incredible. And we had there was um, giveaways. All the all the players were there except the fans, and it was loud. It was raucous the entire game. But I think yeah, I think what this playoff run really exposed about about Canadians is that we're not just a hockey market. No. Seven million people watched, I think it was like game five. Yeah. And I think it was probably similar to game six as well. That's like nearly half the country watched this game. And, <laughs> and obviously it sucks for the NBA because they are, or the American networks, they're not able to kind of like bank on those Canadian numbers. Right. But Still, just looking at that and being able, you know, ESPN has noted that and the American markets know the amount of people watching in Canada and they're like, wow, there really is a hunger for this. Yeah. And I don't know, again, if the Raptors try and run it back again, do we see the same same sort of numbers from this team? But my God, like that was just, it was, it was a super exciting two and a half months. It was. You know, if you're in the NBA, I know there's always the rumors of relocation and expansion. And I think if you're Adam Silver and the NBA, you have to really look at Vancouver again as a real cater expansion franchise. When the Grizzlies first came to the NBA, I mean, they were poorly run. It just didn't work out now. But seeing with the way Canada's grown and evolved, the NBA would be dumb to not consider Vancouver again for a franchise. Well, just look at the game of basketball right now, right? It's becoming probably, out of the big four, the most global game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can probably have an argument about baseball as well, but... You know, to have two internet or two teams, you can try a team in Mexico City as well, right? You could. But like to put another Canadian team, and I think just with the evidence we had with this Raptors run, who's to say a team in Vancouver can't work? Who's to say a team in Montreal can't work? Right. right? I think the you'll see with the hunger of these next, you know. Once the numbers all trickle in, like again, there's another one that the Raptors fans have broken the the record for championship merchandise sales in the last like week. They just like pummeled, and that could say you know the Warriors won three of the last four championships, right. and it's a lot of you know people have. If I had the 2015 one, I don't need the 2017 one. Right? <laughs> so you know it could be something like that, but still, that is the numbers are there. That's incredible. They are. So I definitely think a a team in Vancouver or a team in Montreal. I got one of my good friends is uh, is from Vancouver and went to those Grizzlies games back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was terribly run, but there is still that hunger out in uh, in the West Coast for a team. No, there truly is. And of course, unfortunately, I mentioned the intro too. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a tragedy there. There was a, uh, a shooting in the score. Even before I get to that, I want to say um, kudos to Matt Devlin for keeping a crowd of over 500,000 people calm and saying that yes, there was a shooting, yes, there's an investigation going on. And because if he freaked out, if he panicked, you could have all, all hell break loose. Well, that was the thing. It was just like pandemonium there. And, and again, I was very, I, I don't know where exactly you were situated, but I was just on that sort of uh, southeast corner of Bay and Queen, mm-hmm. kind of in the square, right? So we have no idea kind of what was going on. We were jam-packed in this group as everyone was in the during the parade. Yeah. And, you know, we were pretty well tamed for the first three or four hours of, you know, we, we were waiting and waiting and waiting and people were very, you know, getting restless a little bit, right? Right. They said we were going to be out of there by 1230. Three o'clock rooms around. You're like, okay, are they ever coming? What's right? going on, right? <laughs> but... There was just this moment of, 
just it was so strange like everyone just started moving in one direction right it, it's like you know something crazy had happened we had no idea right? yeah. we had no cell phone service in the square right you know we couldn't get you know any sort of reports and stuff it's not until i got out that i actually found out that there had been some sort of shooting but just kind of like walking up like trying to like you know we were hoisting people up there was the there was a ramp up there and we we're trying to like hoist because me and my brother are these young 25, 26 year olds trying to like mm-hmm. hoist uh, some other people up to try and get them out of there. Because yeah. you know it was bedlam. People were moving around and people were trampling on other other people. But like once you start hearing from like the whispers, oh my god, there was a shooting. Oh my god, there was a shooting. And then actually seeing like because you could see the media people. I saw a couple people starting to duck yeah. under like the barricades and stuff. I'm like. Yo, like, what is going on here, right? Right. I'm thinking, like, you know, worst case scenario. I'm thinking, like, the Boston bombings. I'm thinking about all these different sort of, like, terrible events. Like, you, again, you have no idea what's going on because, mm. again, you have no cell phone service. And you're just hearing news as, like, hearsay from different people walking around. Um, so I got, like, once I was able to get out of there, I got, like, a number of text messages out saying like hey are you okay just heard what's going on are you okay like thankfully all my friends and family who i was with were okay and and it sounds like they were able i saw the video that they were able to get the guy Mm. but to be in a moment like that is kind of is very you know humbling like you're like i thank god i got out of that right and you know you just take for granted kind of like you know there's always going to be some idiot in the crowd to ruin something exactly So I'm blessed to be alive. I'm yeah. blessed that you're alive. I'm yes. glad we're having this conversation <laughs> uh, the day after the parade. But uh, God, it's dumb people. Dumb I know. People. Yeah, I was I was close to where you. I was, I was trying to find you, but the yeah. thing is, why it was so cramped, you could barely walk around. So I said, you know what? Okay, let me get out of here. I want. I was thirsty. I want to get a drink. It's like there's no food here. There's no water here. Let me go out and eat something and get a drink. Mm-hmm. I went to Starbucks. Came back. I was going back and walking to the square again. As I'm walking out of Starbucks, the Tad Union Center, I see people running. I was like, huh, what's going on? And then someone, I, I thought I heard someone say a fire. I was like, oh, did something blow up? And then I heard someone say, that's what someone was going by. He said, run, there's a shooter. And then when I saw, literally, I heard of 100 people running towards me, I just knew you better start running as well, too. So we ran into the offices which are by the Union Center. Oh, wow, you actually ran. Yeah, ran, ran into it, and then I heard two shots. I was like, like oh no, and I just it was just full. I was down Bailey Olympics, just full on nine point eight four into a building. We ran oh to, my! We ran to an elevator and we went to a boardroom. We were there for about an hour, and then we heard two more shots. I was like, what in the world's going on? Wow! Yeah. So wait, they threw you in a board? Where, what boardroom? On uh, like by Ryerson? Exactly by Ryerson. Yeah. yeah. We went upstairs. I went to like the fourth. I went to a building, and there's already people there waiting to bring us in. And we're and people were sitting around the table and whatever. I was, I was lying down because I know enough that if there's open fire, you lie down. Don't be a thing in your glass. So I'm only barely lying down. See, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I lie down flat and texting my well. First of all, my dad. I was like, well, my dad texting what the hell's going on. It's like my dad, my mom, my grandmother, and Matt Chinetti from TSN. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Matt. I was like, Matt's a good like Matt's a good soul. Yeah. Like Matt texts me like, where are you? Are you okay? Thank God, right? Honestly, like it was, it was a scary moment. No one knew exactly what was going on, and and then again, it's 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 good that they kept going on with the with the proceedings at the parade and not start more panning on the Yeah. Again, if you start saying that there has been an active shooter, 
to 2.4 million people who, or however many people were at that parade, you would get, honestly, like, uh, it would look like the purge. You're like, right, like, though. People would just be running and just, you know, it's com complete anarchy, right? Yeah. So I think they dealt with it the way, you know, the way they should have. Mm. Obviously very disappointing that, like, you know, that my day had to end like that because I was like, no way I'm staying here at Naperville Square where, you know, yeah. people are moving around and this is just, this is nuts out here. No, of course. But, um, but yeah, I think they dealt with it well. I think, you know, I hope that guy, you know, is arrested and in jail for years to come. I hope so. And I hope when we repeat, there's going to be nothing like that when we do it. Of course. You know? I'll, say this, I'll say this to the first count parade. If they, if they repeat next year, yeah. I'll say this though that you do need a hard cap. You do need to cap who comes into the square. And I think you do need to have some sort of vendor. Like you, you can't have a parade like that where it's okay, the team's going to be on their way with like updates, and then nothing for an hour. How many people, so you said you flew in, were there many people flying for this? Actually, no, was it actually, was it a full flight? Wow, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking about that, because like, my brother had noticed, even on the weekend, that he saw a lot of like, and this just might be, he was in an area with a lot of tourists, but he said he saw like a bunch of out-of-state plates. Really, eh? Okay. Because they knew it was going to be the biggest party on a Monday, yeah. right? Because, you know, again, First Canadian team to win in over 25 years. Yeah. We finally did it, and it, it was a party. Right? It was. I was saying to my dad that for the people who went on the air and just said, oh, the Raptors are going to lose in four to the Bucks, or they have no chance, fly them all in. I won't say who, the naysayers. Fly them all in, all expenses paid, put them in that media area, and have them watch. Yeah. Just to show how wrong they were. They were. My <laughs> goodness, they I, were. I... I understand that, of course, you're on whatever, the ESPNs, the Foxes, and you want to cater to your audience, but be balanced. Like, don't just come on and say, well, they have no chance. What do you mean they have no chance? They're one of the best players in the game in their roster. What do you mean they have no chance? In, in regards to what, the finals, you mean? In terms the finals of, and, yeah. having, and having Kawhi. Like, yeah. like it's the Raptors. It's not all of a sudden the Atlanta Hawks it against was. Golden and State. I think, I think <laughs> the, the main sort of narrative kept people kept going towards was like this is the same old Raptors the same old Raptors they're going to choke it they went down when they were down 2-1 to, to Philly that's yeah. what happened when they went down 2-0 to the Bucks that's what mm -hmm. happened when they lost game 2 when they were tied with Golden State yeah. that narrative you know kept coming up same old Raptors here we go but you just got you had to look at that roster and that team was completely different than any of the teams it was like I remember I was doing trivia questions again throughout this uh, through the playoffs and one of them was like can you name the starting five on the team that made it last to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs? Do you remember like what, what that starting five looks like? Ooh, wow, try to think of that. That was a whole different roster. So think about it. DeMar. DeMar's on Lowry, there. obviously. Yeah, Jonas. Jonas. So actually, on the game one, Bismack started. Bismack Beyond. <laughs> okay, Bismack. Bismack Beyond. Um, DeMar. This is before Damari Carroll? I think it was Damari Carroll. I think and then Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patch Patrick. Actually, no, I think it was Terrence Ross and then Patrick Patterson. Yeah, Terrence Ross, Patrick. But like again, that nut like, whole different roster. This is a completely different roster, right? So to say that it was the same old Raptors, it's it's not the case. Now we're gonna go into next year yeah. and this team could be completely different. Of course it could. Like what do you think is gonna happen? You know, personally, I do think Kawhi stays. And, you know, I was saying for a long time, if you lost Kawhi, you would go to, go to Kevin Durant. But, like, it's tough. Like, do you want to go – do you really have a chance with KD now with the torn Achilles? Like, do you really want a chance? At, like, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a great player. But how long will it take from your turn to that form? That's my thing. 
Yeah, the KD thing is going to be tough just because you, there's so many instances where that torn Achilles is just so tough to come back from, right? Yeah. And that is a very, very tough injury. The Kawhi, the Kawhi story is incredible, right? He comes in and like people are saying, there's no way he's going to stay here. There's, there's reports he wasn't even going to play. Yeah. Right? He wasn't even going <laughs> to suit up for the team. And now he's on the championship bus and you have fans screaming at him five more years five more years which i i saw in a tweet i can't confirm it was actually real but i heard uncle dennis was a part of the five more year chant i believe that. i don't know i don't know i'm just i'm this is something <laughs> i read on twitter so it's super legit you know but i don't like the yes if Kawhi comes back mm -hmm. this is i think it, it makes sense for him to come back and do the one and one yeah because you have Lowry's contract coming up. You'd have Gasol's contract coming up. You basically can run the exact same team back in an Eastern Conference where Kevin Durant's not going to be coming back because he's out for the year. You have in the Western Conference, Clay Thompson's not going to be coming back. Nope. Now we have this Anthony Davis, LeBron James juggernaut in Los Angeles, which if you want to go to the Clippers, which they're saying is going to be the next, the team that could sign Kawhi. That's right. If you want to go to the Clippers, you're going to play second fiddle to that because the Lakers own Los Angeles. Why not come back to the East, you know, start that sort of rivalry, that, that trio of rivalry, and notice I'm not saying the Celtics in this, but it's going to be the Sixers, Bucks, and Raptors as these three teams that can kind of own those top that. three seeds. It would be, you know, incredible parody and incredible sort of rivalry in the East. Why not do that for one more year and see if you can run them back and win another championship, go back to back? Exactly. You know, you mentioned Boston. Like, I think the Celtics right now are going to be an average team because no Kyrie Irving and just some uh, turmoil in Boston. Nah, that's not going to be a team to worry about next They're year. They're in trouble. Yeah. They, 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 they gambled. They made that very controversial trade where they mm -hmm. traded the face of their franchise. And not to say, hey, the Raptors traded their face of their franchise. They did. And it paid off for them. But the Celtics were, were ruthless with Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. They got rid of one of those key asset picks that turned into Colin Sexton. And the Kyrie Irving gamble didn't pan out, right? No, we, it didn't. We could be having the same conversations about Danny Ainge that we're having today about Masai Ujiri. Yeah. Right? It was practically almost the exact same trade. But one went terribly wrong with the Kyrie Irving uh, the fact that he got hurt the last playoff run and wasn't able to kind of turn this team into a, uh, a championship team. And Masai Ujiri took this massive risk and was able to get a championship out of it. Right. And it's just, I was saying, before you came here, Sam, before you go, one thing I was saying is that, you know, there was a whole big thing about how, oh, what's Masai doing firing Dwayne Casey? He'll never regret it. How is he going to just hire Nick Nurse to replace him? And Nick Nurse made adjustments that Dwayne Casey never did. Mm -hmm. No, and Masai, Masai Ujiri honestly probably has the biggest balls on the planet Earth. Right <laughs> you should go see a doctor. Honestly, with with honestly, that transaction is gotta go. It's gonna live down now after that. It's all said and done as yeah. one of the greatest trades and greatest off seasons in in NBA franchise history. Mm -hmm. you, you fired the NBA head coach of the year with Dwayne Casey. Yes. Right? Where everyone and their mother was saying, how dare you? He built this team. He has this defensive mindset that you, it's going to be impossible to find a replacement for this guy. And then, you know, the, the whole talking heads industry kind of was like, all right, who are they going to bring in to, to replace Dwayne? And he comes in and grabs Nick Nurse, who is, has been in, was in Dwayne Casey's system, and said, you're going to do it. Because you're going to make the adjustments that Dwayne Casey, I guess, wasn't able to make. 
Then you bring in, you trade the face of your franchise for Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. which is, we had no idea what that he played nine games this season before. Yep. We had no idea, if, again, if he was going to play, what he was going to look like, and we're still having the conversation that he's going to leave, even after he's just won a championship. Then, fast forward to the trade deadline, you trade another key piece to this Raptors franchise with Jonas Valanciunas and a young player in DeLon Wright who was very promising right. for Marcus Gasol, which everyone was like, oh, he's an aging veteran. What what are we going to do with Marcus Gasol? Like, obviously, he's got his best years are behind him. What's going to happen? And he played out to be a very key. He was a key player in these, in these NBA playoffs. So... The fact that those three moves that Masai made was able to lead them to a championship and could have backfired completely is incredible. Because, you know, I, I want to say before I let you know, Sam, if you had a time machine to go back 24 years and tell a random fan sitting in the Sky Dome in the 500s that, that, that this team will be, would be a champion, what, what, what do you think they'll say to you? What would they, what would they tell you? You're crazy. <laughs> You're honestly crazy. Like, there... Uh, if you pull up even from the archives, people didn't think the Raptors were going to work here. No. Right? Obviously, the Grizzlies didn't work, mm-hmm. and they thought the Raptors were going to be next, and basketball was just not going to happen. Yeah. And people are so crazy hockey-centric. Like, my biggest thing is that I, I really just want to start seeing this in, in the coverage with the Sportsnets and the TSNs, that they start covering mm-hmm. basketball more. Like, I know that, you know, Sportsnet has this massive deal with the NHL and, you know, hockey is their king in right. terms of content. But I don't know if you were watching uh, the Yahoo Sports, the Yahoo Canada Sports mm-hmm. online content, but it was mainly, it was very, they had a lot of and basketball writers and, yes, and, and basketball kind of personalities. And it was fantastic. I was glued to that content. I thought they were doing a fantastic job. So, like, for the juggernauts of Bell and Rogers, if they can look at a model like this and say, you know, people are enjoying this content. People want to hear about NBA stories and basketball stories. I think that would be a huge win for uh, the Can- for just Canadian basketball. You of know, when FIBA comes on in August, let's see some more coverage on kind of like what the Canadian basketball players are doing. You know, let's let's have a talking head show about the NBA draft that's happening on Thursday. Right. Let's have, you know, like free more free agent talk. Because I really think after this championship, there's really going to be a hunger for basketball talk and basketball content. So no. I'm really hoping that the one thing we can get from this championship is just more basketball content from these TSNs and Sportsnets. Of course. Yeah, I know no disrespect to Nikita Zaitsev, but it's the middle of June. <laughs> but it's just, like, honestly... <laughs> You gotta look at it though, right? It's just in terms of the global aspect and then sheer numbers. And you again, you make this argument of like, why aren't they doing more soccer shows then? Because like, way more people watch soccer than they do watch hockey globally. But because there is a horse in the race in Canada that is yes. a now proven winner, and the 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 you go into the Eaton Center and every third store has a We the North flag on it. Right. You go to down oh Queen Street, and everyone's got something with a Kawhi Leonard face on it or a Kyle yeah. Lowry face on it. Like you know, this this city, and I'm assuming the country as well. You of go course. around Regina. I'm sure there's something about Kawhi Leonard and Regina. I there is. Go to Flin Flon, Manitoba. You know, it's it's you know, this country really got behind this. 
So I just would love to see that reflecting in uh, in kind of the mainstream media of, of Canadian sports culture. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And Sam, before I let you go, I would ask you where can we find your podcast, homestand events, it's coming up for homestand. Yes, uh, so we've got a Danny Green Harrison Sanford podcast okay. uh, at the Queen Elizabeth Center. I believe that's this Saturday. Uh, so you can find tickets on the homestand website. Uh, we have another Hoop Talks event uh, next Wednesday. I believe it's the 26th. I guess I'll look, look, look exactly at it. But I think it's the 26th of the Wednesday. Um, at the Rivoli. So make sure you find out tickets for that on homestand.com. Um, I am relaunching the sports section now that I'm not nice. working seven days a week. So the sports <laughs> section is basically it's a daily podcast of about five to ten minutes of your morning sports news that will be loaded onto your phone. Uh, for your morning commute, so at the sports section, and you can find me on my personal socials uh, at Sammy Davis Jr. with the underscore at the bottom. Nice, and hey, I think before Sam, everyone do a CEBL panel, call it your boy, I'll gladly come down and do it. Avery, the fact you came down for the parade, I know you'll come down for anything, so I'm gonna, I'll see if I hook that up for sure. Nice, I appreciate it, brother. Awesome, thanks, Avery.